You're listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and at Instagram models bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. Good morning, everybody. It's RB and J, and this is the Morning Punch In Show, the most unpredictable, unscripted, but always real morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, August 14, 2017. This is your girl, Jay, kicking off the show today. Today, we are unfortunately one woman down. Our girl, RB, is under the weather, so you're stuck with one half of the dynamic duo. But don't cry and don't shed any tears. I'll be joined later in the show by Jake Donovan for today's installment of Jake's Take, where we'll examine VADA testing or the lack of it in some fights that are coming up in the near future. For today's hot question, we did another poll. You guys enjoyed the Timothy Bradley poll so much last week, we decided to do another poll this week. So this week's hot question poll was, who is doing the best job of selling the upcoming Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor fight? As we all know, especially if you listen to this show, Paulie Malignaggi has been on a nonstop Twitter filibuster ever since he broke camp with Conor McGregor. Little bits and pieces of tapes are leaking out. Is it a push? Is it a slip? Did he really knock him out? All we know is they are really, really selling it. So we wanted to ask you, who really is selling the fight? Then the choices were Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, or Pauline Malignaggi. So at my last check, we were just under 600 votes, and the percentages of people, here are how your votes were tabulated. 17% of you say Floyd Mayweather is selling the fight. 38% of you said Conor McGregor, and a whopping 45%, almost half of you, said Pauline Malignaggi is working overtime to sell the big fight on August 26th. I don't know. I don't know. He's really hurt, and he's going to keep on talking. Has anybody checked on Polly today? He's probably talking right now. I'll have to check when we wrap this show. A few comments from people who took the poll. Mr. Creep says, Polly is out there taking L's for Brooklyn. So he's not feeling, apparently, Polly's uh, continued rant, ramps on uh, Twitter. E. Romero underscore 25 says, it seems as if he's invested in the results of the fight. And at Mickey L1C4 says the alt-right is doing overtime to sell the fight. That's one option that I didn't consider, but hey, that's what folks are saying out in these Twitter streets. So once again, if you want to take the poll, go on and head over to my Twitter handle at Giandra LaBeouf, J-E-A-N-D-R-A-L-E-B-E-A-U-F, on Twitter, and cast your vote in a poll and let me know what you think about it. Or send me some comments. Tweet to me or tweet to Jake Donovan. He is at Jake in the box and uh, at the hashtag TMPS, and we'll read some of your comments during the show. Like I said, it's a real light week this week. There wasn't a whole lot of boxing last week. I'll give you some fight results in a second. Jake Donovan will join us at the 15-minute mark for Jake's Take. Uh, I will run through some in case you missed it topics because we sure do have a lot of them. Jake Donovan and I will do this week's prediction wars on the uh, Crawford and Dongo card that's happening in Lincoln, Lincoln, Nebraska and broadcast on ESPN. So definitely look forward to that. And RB will be heading out to represent 
for the team at the fight and giving us all the good scoops and all the good feedback of what's going to be happening backstage at the fight. We'll wrap up the show with the complete weekend fight schedule, and we'll go on and have a great day. So why don't we take a quick commercial break, and when I come back, I'll give you some results from this weekend's fight. For all the latest news, interviews, because the right gift can speak volumes. For home, for fragrance, for great body products, think for Alma.com, offering you the finest products for any and every occasion you can imagine. Say you care the right way and search through our catalog of more than 800 products from tasteful Because the right gift can speak volumes. For home, for fragrance, for great body products, think for Alma.com. Offering you the finest products for any and every occasion you can imagine. Say you care the right way and search through our catalog of more than 800 products, from tasteful jewelry to great leather goods. So remember, when you think gifts for any occasion, think for Alma.com. And we are back. This is the Morning Punch and Show with RB and J. RB is a little under the weather today, so we are going to do our best to represent in her absence. But she will be back next Monday, and later in the week you will see her pop up in Lincoln for the Crawford versus Ndongo fight on ESPN. If you haven't already, before we jump into some weekend fight results, one of the funniest things that I've seen going around on social media this morning is Speaking of Crawford, Team Crawford posted a video on Instagram where they're doing what is called the McGregor's Challenge, and they're basically copying what Conor McGregor did at me. We kind of his the kind of get R.I.P. get R.I.P. dance moves that he was doing in the ring to warm up for whatever boxing he called himself doing. It looked like a full-on thriller dance routine. Michael Jackson would have been proud. So if you get a chance, head over to Instagram. And search the hashtag Crawford Challenge. It is easily the funniest thing that I've seen from boxers in a while. Because boxers are not always the most uh, jovial people online unless they're getting in trouble. I'm talking about you, Adrian Broner. It is so funny. Not only is Crawford's team funny, Jared Hurd is getting in on the action. Mikey Williams, uh, the photographer for Top Rank, is getting in on the action. So if you would like to take a look at that, head over to Instagram now. Head over there and submit your own videos. If you want to participate in the McGregor Challenge, post your videos on Instagram and tag your girls. Use the hashtag TMPS or tweet us that you've done one so we can go on and take a look at yours. But it's pretty funny. Who knows? Maybe RBNJ will do one. You never, ever know. So turning uh, to the past weekend, we had some fights. That took place over the weekend down in Puerto Rico. Abner Cotto won by third round knockout and Danielito Zorio also won by knockout. Both of these fighters are promoted by Miguel Cotto Promotion. So congratulations to them. They picked up some wins in Caguas. I've been there. Cool little place. Also this weekend, Roberto Garcia won by unanimous decision over Omar Chavez to pick up a regional WBC middleweight title. And lastly, a result that I picked up on, I had no I got no idea that this guy was fighting. Yuri Orcas Gamboa barely defeated Alexis Reyes by majority decision. Hello, if you knew that Gamboa was fighting this weekend, raise your hand or tweet your girl. I had no idea this guy was fighting 
and where he really is at this point in his career. So Gamboa picks up another win this weekend, but what does it really mean in the grand scheme of things? So congratulations to him. From what I've read, he barely, barely eked out a decision when he won by majority decision over Alexis Reyes. So that is your weekend fight action. Like I said, a slow weekend for for boxing anyway. Other sports are starting to heat up, but for boxing, a quiet week before we head into the big uh, fight for all the belts this weekend in Lincoln, Nebraska, where we once again will see Crawford versus Ndongo. And so why don't we take another quick commercial break, and when we come back, it will be almost time for Jake's Take. Any vehicle, any age, any mileage. With Nationwide Auto Warranties, you will stop paying unexpected costly repair bills and let an extended auto warranty pay. Go to NationwideAutoWarranties.com for an instant email quote or call 1-866-352-4999 for a free no-obligation phone quote. So stop paying and let Nationwide Auto Warranties get you your coverage today. Again, that number is 1-866-352-4999 or visit NationwideAutoWarranties.com. And we are back. Once again, you're listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RB and Jay. This is your girl, Jay. RB is a little bit under the weather this week, but she will be back on Monday. Uh, taking in some more responses from Twitter, Dr. Steelhammer, a.k.a. at JMoney22106, regarding today's survey of uh, who's selling the fight the most, Pauli Malignaggi, Conor McGregor, or Floyd Mayweather, Jay Money says the McGregor camp has generated the most headlines and trash talk. Ticket sales are contingent upon believing he has a chance. I could not agree more. For what he lacks in terms of boxing skill, he definitely makes up with it with his mouth and the videos and leakage. It's genius. It's strategic. They are definitely doing their part. It's still giving it a WWE kind of feel. I always said they should have just went full WWE and thrown in a, a match or two in there, partner with them, make it the biggest show, even bigger than what it's anticipated. So, hey, it's working for them. Let them keep on doing it. Before we have Jake Donovan join us, we have so many in case you missed the topics. I will run through a few of them while we await. I'll start from the bottom. In recent news, Devin Alexander and we know you all love to troll Devin Alexander on Twitter. Devin Alexander will actually be returning to the ring on October 3rd on Fox Sports 1 in a main event against Walter Castillo. Alexander has been out of the ring since losing a unanimous decision against Aaron Martinez in October 2015. That was his second loss in a row after he lost a decision to Amir Khan. So Devin Alexander will be back in the ring on October 3rd. Also announced May on the Mayweather McGregor undercard, Gervonta Davis finally has an official opponent. He is set to fight Francisco Fonseca. Yeah, I don't know who that is either. He is set to uh, fight Francisco Fonseca and also added to the card Andrew Tabidi versus Steve Cunningham. So those fights have been added to the Mayweather McGregor undercard in addition to Nathan Cleverly versus Badu Jack. And other in case you missed it news, the talks are done and a deal has been finalized 
for a collision between former world champion Juan Manuel Lopez and former title challenger Jason La Maravilla Velez. The card will be billed as Live or Die, very apropos, and it'll take place at the Coliseo Rafael G. Amobert in Juncos, Puerto Rico, and promoted by Universal Promotions and Black Tiger Promotions. They have come together to stage this card. Juan, Juan Ma, wow. Speaking of people, I'm not sure that he, he's had some tough, tough losses in recent, in the last couple years. So it's going to be a little bit painful to see him back in the ring, but you got to do what you got to do. Also, in, in case you missed it, news. Manny Pacquiao has exercised his option to face off against Jeff Horn. So Manny Pacquiao is not quite ready to hang up the gloves just quite yet and fully settle into congressional work back in the Philippines. The decision, highly contested, highly talked about. It is definitely a fight that will garner the world's attention to see what happens. I don't know if it's going to create the same buzz that Mayweather versus Bradley did when Bradley was given the gift decision in their first fight, but they will be fighting again. Manny Pacquiao has expressed in the past that he would like the fight to take place in the Philippines, but no word on that. I'm sure more details will emerge in the coming weeks since he has made the decision to rematch. If Jeff Horn is victorious once again, what does this do to his stock value in a welterweight division? If he has a more decisive win, does this elevate how the boxing world looks at him? Does it make him more competitive than he than people previously thought? Where where does he rank among welterweights? Let me know. Send me some tweets. Debate about uh, about it among yourselves, and let me know. Use the hashtag TMPS if you have some opinions on what a Jeff Horn victory over Manny Pacquiao in a rematch will do for them. Also, and funny in case you missed the news, it's probably disappeared by now. Eddie Hearn is easily becoming another funny guy on Instagram. He's made some headlines. Eddie Eddie Hearn is never too far from removed from the news. He's got a lot of guys, a lot of fights, a lot of big names under his stable. But recently, there's been a lot of chatter between him and Deontay Wilder once Vladimir Klitschko decided to retire before he and Anthony Joshua could have their rematch. I'm very disappointed about that. I really thought I was going to get a chance to go to Vegas and stalk Anthony Joshua like a proper woman should. But alas, no, there will be no fight happening in Vegas, so I won't have the opportunity to do that. But what has been interesting is Deontay Wilder and Eddie Hearn and their battle of words back and forth about Dylan White and a possible fight between the two of them. Deontay Wilder is saying that he doesn't want the leftovers or the dregs. I forgot exactly how he referred to Dylan White. But what was even funnier was Eddie Hearn jumped on Instagram and started doing an imitation of Deontay Wilder. Maybe Deontay Wilder had an English accent. He'd probably sound like an English Alabamian. I don't know. It was pretty funny. I liked it. Eddie Hearn is basically saying that he offered Deontay Wilder something to the tune of 3 to $4 million for the fight, and he's turning it down. That's a lot of money for a fight, but at this point, would that fight benefit Wilder where he has the risk of losing? He kind of has crafted his whole identity around being the WBC champion. So is he willing to take that risk for long-term reward or take the short-term fight for big payday? He hasn't made any decision on the fight. He maintains that he's not afraid of Luis Ortiz 
or the Anthony Joshua fight, but he definitely doesn't want the Dylan White fight, and he definitely doesn't want the Bermain Stavern fight. So that's where we are with Anthony Joshua, with Deontay Wilder, Dylan White, Eddie Hearn, and the whole heavyweight cluster beep beep that's happening right now at the top of the weight classes. So that's all the news that we have on that at the moment. Also in news, like I mentioned, Nathan Cleverly and Badu Jack will be on the Mayweather-McGregor undercard. Long speculated fight. It was pretty much a done deal. We knew all about it. We just needed them to ink on the dotted line. And so that fight is now official. Also, and in case you missed it, news, Tyson Fury. Now, this is hilarious. I'm going to have to figure out a way to watch this on August 9th. 19th. Tyson Fury will handle the color commentary duties on the live international broadcast of Lee Baxter Promotions' world-class card in Toronto, featuring the welterweight battle between Samuel Vargas and Ali Foneca. I cannot wait. I have to figure out if somebody knows how I can watch this fight. Somebody kite your girl a link. Drop it in my DMs. I don't want to get you in trouble. Not that the Morning Punch and Show advocates streaming fights in any way. We don't advocate that behavior because that is illegal. But somebody show me how to watch this fight just for Tyson Fury so I can hear the color commentary. That would be pretty amazing and pretty great. And I definitely was going to look forward to it. And I'm looking forward to it. Also, and in case you missed it, news. Last week we saw the... Lomachenko versus Mariaga fight that took place here in Los Angeles, California. I had a chance to go to that fight and uh, see Lomachenko in action. Lomachenko was a, a very colorful guy in the ring, doing a lot of posturing, a lot of showboating, a lot of butt shaking, a lot of hips don't lie on his way to victory. Unfortunately, the excitement of the ring did not translate fully over into ratings on ESPN. And ESPN and uh, their latest outing showing a top-ranked fight on ESPN, the numbers have been tabulated at 728,000 viewers on ESPN. That is a dip from the huge numbers that they saw uh, Manny Pacquiao and the Jeff Horn match. But at the same time, we are talking about Manny Pacquiao versus Vasily Lomachenko. So give it some time. 728 is respectable. It's not record-breaking numbers, but it's better than nobody watching. So shout out to Top Rank. Congratulations on your fight card with Lomachenko. We will now turn our eyes towards Crawford and Dongo this weekend. There's a packed card. We'll run down everybody who is uh, fighting on that card later on in the show, and we will see what the numbers do that weekend. Also, in in case you missed it, news, Jake Donovan will be joining us probably in about another minute. So I'm going to give a couple more topics because, like I said, we had a lot. Last week, we reported that Kel Brook was acting a fool on a plane, getting drunk with his boy, came on a plane with the bottle. His trainer has come out now in the aftermath of Kel Brook's display on the plane and says he's having some moments, but he's still better than Khan. That's your response. He's still better than Khan. Hell, a lot of people are better than Khan. On any given day, I might be better than Amir Khan. But all this in talking between the Kell Brook camp and the Amir Khan camp, it's really nauseating at this point. I don't know how 
delusional. It's going to continue to be. I would like if they would just shut up with the outside of the ring talk and just make the fight. Two fights I've always wanted to see. I want to see Kell Brook versus Amir Khan, and I want to see Brandon Rios versus Victor Ortiz. We can't seem to get these fights, but they sure do like to talk to each other a lot outside the ring. It looks like there is somebody who is waiting to do a little bit of Jake's take, so let me go ahead and properly bring in Jake Donovan. You're rocking with the Morning Punching Show with RB and J, and now it's time for Jake's take. You see. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on, Jack? What's going on, Jake Donovan? RB is letting the inmates run the asylum today. It That's is right, just. Yeah. Shout out... <laughs> yep, shout out to RB. Hope uh, you get everything done this week. In the meantime, a little bit of Jay Walker with uh, Jay and Jakey Jakey. Yes, Jakey, Jakey, Jakey. So let's get into it. At the top of the show, I kind of teased a little bit that we would talk a little bit about some VADA testing, but now that you are here, we will get into the specifics of what you are bringing us. You are always bringing us the heat with Jake's take, so give it to us once more. Let's talk some VADA. What you got for us, Jakey? Yeah, Yeah, you know, it seemed like once upon a time, boxing writers genuinely cared about uh, random drug testing. It was a big concern. Obviously, Floyd Mayweather, you know, brought it to the forefront when – once upon a time when, you know, he wanted to fight Manny Pacquiao. So ever since then, drug uh, uh, boxing writers have been fronting like they wanted to get involved in the, you know, drug testing game. Gabriel Montoya was really the only one who really jumped at the forefront of it. You know, I've tried to dabble in it from time to time. Other writers have mentioned it. Now, all of a sudden, we're right back to this, uh, you know, boxing drug culture where nobody seems to be talking about it. We just had a fight last year. Uh, Trevor McCombie, he knocked out Donovan George. Uh, at the mm-hmm. last Nevada meeting, and I know everyone was listening to the call because they wanted to hear who were going to be the judges for uh, for Mayweather and McGregor, you know, where all these fights were going to be for all these big fights coming up. They mentioned that the fight got turned into a no contest, and nobody's talking about that. We have a fight this week that's going to be for all four belts, Terrence Crawford versus Julius Ndongo for, the, um, for all four belts at 140, plus for uh, Crawford's lineal championship. Crawford, as a WBC titleist, is enrolled in the VADA, in the WBC clean boxing program and tested by VADA. Ndongo, right. Ndongo is not enrolled for whatever reason. He's uh, now five, uh, five days away from fighting for a WBC title, has not been randomly drug tested at all, by, uh, at least not by VADA, which is supposed to be standard for anyone fighting for the WBC title. Uh, we have another fight, another uh, middleweight fight, Billy Joe Saunders versus Willie Monroe. Uh, Willie Monroe went public saying, you know, we were supposed to be VADA tested. How come nobody's been knocking on my door yet? I thought that was a very good question. So I went and hollered at VADA. Wow. I said, hey, you know, uh, how come nobody's been tested? And my contact at VADA told me, well, that's because Frank Warren never enrolled. So the fight is not presently not going, undergoing a random drug testing, and we're now one month out from that fight. You know, I, I'm going to give Frank a little bit of slack. You know, with Billy Joe Saunders, all his fights getting canceled. Maybe he's waiting for Billy Joe Saunders to get injured. Who knows? But in the meantime, there's no random drug testing going on in that fight. So there's a lot of stuff going on in boxing drug culture. Writers, for whatever reason, they just no longer seem interested in talking about it. It seems ever since Mayweather Pacquiao, it's just not a topic anymore. You know, it's a topic when Alexander Bevekin tests positive, you know, and a Deontay Wilder right. fight gets canceled. You know, and when right. heavyweights test positive, that, that seems to be when people care. But other than that, it's like nobody wants to ask questions unless there's specifically broad information. So it's, it's a little bit concerning. You know, my biggest concern right now is Ndongo, who's a huge 140-pounder. Right. I, honestly, I'd like to know how he'd make weight. I'm not accusing the man of taking drugs, but I'm not accusing any boxer of, of taking any kind of, you know, performance-enhancing drugs. 
but a, a you know a, a boxer that big who can make 140 with no problem, you know, it, it's worth the question. How you know is he doing it legally? You know, random drug testing provides those answers, and we don't we're not going to have those answers. So, you know, it, it's a big yeah, concern. I, you know, going into what is the biggest fight of the summer? You know, I remember when the WBC called themselves leading the charge when they sent out a whole big press release about yep. how the WBC is working diligently with. Uh, to launch a clean boxing program, and they would wanted to explain all these chapters. So what does this mean for the fight? Is this really a clerical oversight? Does Ndongo now forfeit his opportunity to compete for the WBC title? It just seems like there is nothing, not, not even from the boxing writers, but just from the WBC. We can receive 20,000 press releases about special belts and special presentations and special medals and and special wristbands and special spidey senses all sponsored by the WBC, but we can't get anything on an important, critical, competitive title fight about the drug testing of one of the participants in it. What happens with this fight now? Is there anything that you found out since he has not? I I can't imagine it would be proper to drug test him right now. It's already Monday. What happens now? Oh, of course. Well, here, here's the thing. Um, I haven't gotten a response yet from, uh, from the WBC. I have a very good relationship with Mauricio Suleiman. He's always up front with me. This is a question he hasn't yet you know, chosen to answer. But my understanding is that the problem is that the WBC lacks funding to you know, move forward. In the beginning, they were very ambitious, getting everybody tested. They had sponsors lined up. But once that money stops coming in, then the WBC has to spend that money on this testing. And you know, you know how boxing works. Once someone has to spend their own money, that seems to be when everything slows down, you know? With all these right. big fights that are coming out, you know, once you hit their pockets, then it's, you know, let me match my guy a little soft and, you know, kind of tread water here until, you know, I get some more money in my pocket. And that seems to be the case with this clean boxing program. It, it needs more funding. You know, we're not going to get the boxers to voluntarily pay for it. The promoters aren't going to give up money if, you know, they don't see a need in random drug testing. So the question is if the WBC can even act on it. I mean, they were the ones that was, were supposed to enforce it. But if there's no funding available, I mean, can they possibly punish him, don't go? You know, if he was told, you know, well, you know, if you, you can enroll in the program, you don't have to pay for it. But I'm assuming that's, that hasn't been the case. I, I'm just wondering if there's even a watchdog present. You know, these are answers I would like to get from the WBC. You know, if they did tell him he had to enroll and he didn't, then, yeah, he would actually forfeit his right to, fight, to, uh, to win that title should he beat Terrence Crawford. But if the well, WBC Jay- hasn't really enforced anything, then, you know, they, they can't take any action. And that's the problem. I think that's the biggest problem everyone has today. It's like we're seeing these boxes fail drug tests, but there's really no repercussions. Right, right. Well, Jake, explain this to me. Last week, over the past couple of weeks, I've seen a billion stories about how much in sanctioning fees that Ndongo mm-hmm. is paying for this fight. And they're paying this king's <laughs> ransom because they're competing for all four belts and sanctioning fees are expensive. Mm-hmm. None of right. the sanctioning fee money is earmarked for drug testing. Why are these funds, where do these funds go to make more belts or, you know, for special right. presentations? Why isn't this money earmarked for drug testing? Well, I mean, yeah, that goes back to my point. It's like when they had money budgeted for drugs, it's like, you know, uh, for drug testing, you know, when that money gets spent, <laughs> it's like they're not going to free up their own money. So, I mean, you know, this money goes towards, you know, paying to have a supervisor on site, paying for his hotel and her per diem and all that, paying for the belt. You know, whatever other nonsense, the WBC now has a digital magazine going on. They got, you know, the WBC magazine. So it's, you know, they got money for all this stuff. But, you know, it's, that's a val- very valid question. Why aren't, you know, these sanctioned bodies putting aside money for the things that really matter in the sport? 
So, I, again, that's a question that the WBC – it's an open question to the WBC that they really need to answer. I would love to have an answer to that, you know, five days before their biggest fight of the summer. Right. And shifting back to what you mentioned about Frank Warren, Frank Warren and the drug testing as it pertains to the fights that you mentioned, what has Frank yep. Warren's history been with VADA? Have they had a tumultuous history, a good history? What's their history? What's his history been like with the WBC, I mean, uh, with uh, VADA testing? I, I don't think it's anything tumultuous. I, I think if, well, you know, actually, that's a good, going back to uh, Liam Smith and Canelo Alvarez, I mean, that's the last fight I could think of that involved Warren. There might have been one since then that slipped my mind, but... I know with that fight, like, there was random drug testing, and then it was just suddenly canceled. So there was no real reason given as to why they weren't going to uh, undergo testing. I know Canelo has been a willing participant of the of, uh, you right. know, Bada's random drug testing. So even though he, does, he couldn't care less about the WBC these days, but, you know, he still right. wants to prove that he's a clean fighter. You know, props to Canelo for that. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as Frank's history, I don't think it's tumultuous. But, I mean, you know, this is now, you know, the second incident where it's like you're really scratching your head. It's like, okay, what's going on, Frank? You've had enough question marks that you're, you know, decades in boxing so let's not you know ask any more questions now in the twilight of your promotional career so where do we shift the responsibility back now for for drug testing you know we see so many fighters part of their mo is saying i'm a clean fighter and i want a clean sport and i want this if sanctioning bodies are not earmarking funds to test for drug testing the culpability falls back on the promoter. Does it fall on the fighter's purse? Where does the culpability now find? Because, like you said, drug testing is very expensive. So you can't say a guy like, uh, let's say, let's pick someone. Let's say Louis, Louis Kuba, Kuba Arias. No, okay. Not for any particular reason, but let's see, he's not a top-tier guy. So his right. purse is not going to be as substantial as a main event star. Who pays for the drug testing? Because I imagine him paying for it out of his own pocket is a big financial load compared to, say, a Deontay Wilder paying for a drug testing. Where does the culpability fall? Well, um, before it hits, like, the promoter's pockets, my understanding is that all of this was supposed to be sponsored. I mean, that was supposed to be a lure of, you know, of signing up for random drug testing. Boxers, you know, you know, they get hit enough. I mean, they got promoters taking money from them, managers taking money, trainers making money, hanging on, you know, hanger-ons taking money. They, they don't need to kick off any more money for, for drug testing. So they, they were led to believe this would be free, of course, to them. So if sponsorship isn't covering it, then it goes to the promoter. So uh, I believe Rock Nation still promotes Luis Arias, assuming they're still in the promotional business. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the responsibility would be on them. And that's an, excellent, ex, I'm sorry, that's an excellent example because he is a young rising star. But as you said, he's not making the type of paychecks to justify, you know, popping $10,000 at a time to pay for these tests. Right. Wow. So now... If you're Terrence Crawford and you're Team Crawford and you're top rank and you're headed into this fight on Saturday night, how much concern do you really have legitimately? We know that Crawford is going to bring the fight regardless and he's right. ready to fight. But on the outside of him, how much concern should they really have on this fact and is this grounds for them to file some type of action once the fight is complete? Um, I, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that about Bud, because I would say if it was any other fighter, I'd imagine they'd be raising a stink about it. You know, they, they'd bring it up during the, the pre-fight press conference. You know, Terrence, I'm going to assume, gives zero Fs about this. So he's, he's going to go about business as usual. Bob, I don't know if he thinks it's a big deal, but if he wants to make it a big deal, then he certainly has a talking point at this week's press conference. That's really my problem with it. And I'm going to give a promoter like Kathy Duva credit. She was really one of the few honest ones when it came to random drug testing. Every time they asked her, you know, is Sergey Kovalev going to be tested? 
she straight up asked people like, well, you know, if say John Pascal, you know, failed a drug test, would we cancel the fight? No, probably not. You know, that, that was the question she asked, you know, what do we really know about this drug test? Uh, mm-hmm. She looked deep into the history before she got her fighters involved. Now her fighters are involved in that program because she feels confident, you know, in the research she conducted. I don't think a lot of promoters feel the same way. To me, it just seems like a talking point. It's like saying, you know, you're the ring magazine champion. I don't think any promoter really gives a crap about their boxers being lineal champion. It just, it's, it's cool for a press release. It's a nice headline. And the same right. seems to be with, with drug testing. I don't think people really care about drug testing the way they let on. Much like they claim they care about racism in America, but... You know, we see crap mm. going on, and, you know, people just kind of stick their head in the sand when it's convenient. All of a sudden, everyone's going right. to tweet, you know, and it seems to be the case when, you know, when there's a serious subject on random drug testing, that's maybe not the biggest fight on the planet. Maybe when, you know, it doesn't involve Beyonce Wilder, all of a sudden, ah, I'm not really sure it's worth my time. That, that's a problem. It needs to be at the forefront, just like bad judging needs to be at the forefront. Bad officiating needs to be at the forefront. But everyone just seems to pick and choose their moments. And especially with promoters, like I said, I don't think enough of them really care about. To me, I, I would think it's more of a hindrance than anything else. When you look at the ills at drug testing, before we get into prediction wars yeah. and we get into that, if you had to rank what boxing's biggest ills are, we've got judging ills, we've got drug testing ills, we've got visibility ills and broadcast things. <laughs> How would you rank boxing's biggest problems from the biggest problem to the least problem of things that have been that have been leading headlines from a safety concern i i think drug testing should rank a lot higher than it really does as far as like what people feel need to be cleaned up in the sport uh in, in order for the sport to move forward I, I think random drug testing is probably closer to the bottom of the queue i i think people you know uh they're going to want better officiating first i mean if everyone's watching a fight they see an outcome, you know, assuming it goes the distance, and then the judges decide it's completely different. That's a concern, especially when you're trying to push a product to, to the mainstream media. I mean, Manny Pacquiao and Jeff Horn is the greatest example. You know, regardless of how any of us mm-hmm. had the fight, the majority of viewers had Manny Pacquiao winning. All three judges had Jeff Horn winning. You know, so, right. you know, viewers who don't normally watch boxing, it just they cramp to understand that. It's like, you know, when you watch a baseball game, if a guy hits a grand slam, it's four runs. You know, there's no disputing right. it, unless he doesn't touch a base, but... You know, if you score a basket within the three-point arc, it's two points. It, you know, every other sport, it seems, you know, the scoring method is, is fairly easy to explain. The rules aren't, but, you know, scoring is. But in boxing, it's just, it's so subjective. So I, I, right. that's the biggest thing to, to clean up as far as, you know, as far as anything, you know, on, on the lines of corruption. Then, of course, uh, I, I'm just going to leave that at the top. And I'm going to say random drug testing should be higher, but in the grand scheme of what people would like to see, you know, fixed and bringing the sport, you know, to a wider audience, random drug testing is not going to rank up there yet. Once we're on the, you know, if we ever return to like, you know, the, the, the days of, uh, you know, like along the lines of football, you know, then I think it'll be a big concern right now. I think people just, you know, fine with sticking their heads in the sand on that subject. And lastly, ESPN. Yeah. So ESPN has now been the TV leader for where we're going to see top ranked fights that are not pay-per-view events. Will we actually get the fight in a timely manner or will we be subjected <laughs> to softball or figure skating or bowling oh, or yeah. underwater basket weaving? Can, why can't the fights ever start on time on ESPN? Well, I mean, I said it last show. I've never been convinced that boxing is a priority at ESPN. And I really want to see once they go to the streaming service, you know, if boxing is even still on TV at that point or if they just take it straight to the web which would probably be better for boxing fans because then you're ensured that it starts on time. 
But, I mean, you, you think, you know, a fight following a ceremony that's supposed to run on a structured time would start on time. But boxing falls prey to that. So now we're creeping into college football season, you know, and uh, even NFL preseason. So, it, it, sadly, it's a crapshoot. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. I, I don't know why we're always at the mercy of some other event when it comes to ESPN, ESPN2. I know, you know, other writers have mentioned college football runs the same way. I mean. You know, the Miami Hurricanes are one of the most popular teams. You know, Steve Kim always mentions. And, you know, their games don't always start on time. So if that's the case, then why should boxing be any different? But, I mean, it, it certainly doesn't help, you know, for a sport that really needs to build an audience. Um, I don't see, foresee any major conflicts that will prevent it from starting on time. I'd like to think Bob Arum is already raising that sink. Hey, you screwed me mm-hmm. over last time. You know, I want, my, <laughs> I want everything that we're paying for here. And, you know, especially, you know, with a fighter like Bud who needs that, you know, worldwide audience. Hopefully they go all in and make sure this show starts on time. Um, once we get into September and October, and you compete against you know college football and all these other sports, who the hell knows when it's going to start? Nothing amuses me more than to see Twitter up in arms when boxing doesn't start on time. When any other time they're like, I don't care yeah. about the fights. I don't even know who's fighting. But don't let that exactly. that fight start on time. That's probably about the only time boxing is trending when it isn't involving Mayweather or Pacquiao. Oh. But, Absolutely. And then, you know, of course, bitching about, you know, the ESPN broadcast once it begins. You know, you complain about everything Teddy Atlas says and Stephen A. Smith says, and, you know, Tim Bradley forced to let it <laughs> let the Teddy joke. So, you know, hopefully this week, you know, these guys choose to raise their words and not their voice. And we get something substance from this uh, weekend. I swear we boxing fans are complete ass weirdos. When it's going good, <laughs> we don't have anything right. to say. But when it's going bad, we turn out oh, and yeah. grow. Yeah, we get up bitch on real quick, right? <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about some prediction wars. We'll just to uh do the main couple cards. We'll start with this one. You know, I'm gonna bring it up in the weekend fight yeah. schedule. There's a title fight that's happening in Tokyo on BN Sports yeah. this weekend. Shitsuki Yamanaka versus Luis Neri for Yamanaka's WBC Bantamweight title. Yeah. It's an important title and it's an important fight in a division that's got a lot of action happening. How are you predicting that fight? Or uh, what's yeah, your uh, yeah, yeah, what's your prediction for that fight? Yeah, quick correction. That fight is actually tomorrow morning. Uh, it's tomorrow evening oh, in Japan. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, tomorrow morning. And, yeah, as you mentioned, BN Sports Espanol will be showing it live at 7 a.m. Eastern. So that's, you know, a huge win for boxing, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, trying to have to watch those fights on a little four-inch screen. As for my prediction, <laughs> uh, man, I, I've been torn on this. Luis Neri was actually my uh, pick last year for, uh, you know, the prospect of the year, and he's transitioned mm-hmm. nicely into a, a top contender. Yamanaka is, without a doubt, the best band weight in the world. He's also... You know, his chin is a little bit suspect, and he's getting up there in age. I think this fight is going to end in knockout either way. I think either Yamanaka is going to pick him apart and stop Neri late, or at some point Neri's just going to land a bomb and knock him the hell out. Um, I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going with the latter. I'm, you know, going to pick a, a change another guard at Bantamweight, Luis Neri by, I'm going to say, sixth-round knockout. I am going to go with Luis Neri as well. I think he might have been – he was among our nominees for uh, one of the, our year-end nominees as well. So I am going to go with you. I think the knockout is going to come a little later in the fight, maybe about the eighth round. So we will right. be on the same page, and we will differ in rounds. So now let us right. shift over to Lincoln, Nebraska. And I'm proud of myself for remembering to say Lincoln and not Omaha. Let's start with um, – let's pick out a few fights. I did not know that Nicholas Walters was fighting on this card I'm not surprised. Um, he needs a fight. Mike Reed's on the card. Shout out to Mike Reed. Bryant Jennings is on the card. Mike Alvarado is on the card. 
Boy, they just pulled out. Shakur Stevenson is on the card. There's a lot of people on the card. But let's just do the top two. Alexander Gavazdik versus Craig Baker. I don't think we'll be on different sides of the fence for this prediction, but I'll let you go ahead and start with Gavazdik versus Baker. Uh-oh, did I lose Jakey? Okay, you are back. So, Gavazdik versus Baker. I don't think we'll be on different sides of the fence for this prediction, but how is it going to end, Gavazdik versus Baker? I am going with Gavazdik. Anytime he wants it, I'm going to say – I'll be shocked if it goes three rounds. I'm going to say he plays with them a little bit and then violently knocks them out somewhere in about the third round. I actually, that's the round that I was going to predict, too. That's a bad, bad man, and I have enjoyed his last few fights. He is a terrible. He is a big hitter, and I, <laughs> yeah. we're on the same page, so there's no real prediction award there. Now, let's talk <laughs> about the main event, Terrence Crawford versus Ndongo. All yeah. the belts. We're finally seeing a fight for all the belts. The last time, what's the last time we saw a fight for all, all the belts? Did it involve Bernard Hopkins? When's the last time all the four belts were on the line to crown an undisputed champion? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was, if it wasn't the rematch with uh, uh, Bernard Hopkins and, and uh, Jermaine Taylor, then it was the first fight. But I, I think it was the, uh, the first. Yeah, I think it was the first fight because I believe Taylor had given up the WBO, WBO belt by the rematch. So we're talking way back in 2005, back in Hopkins' second career. <laughs> awesome. So who is yeah, who? So, when when is it going to happen? How's it going to end? Despite the lack of Bada drug testing for <laughs> Julius Ndongo. Yeah, uh, I I like Ndongo against a lot of other 140 pound fighters. Perhaps against any other 140 pound fighter in the world. Just when it comes to that weight, I I just don't like anyone against Terence Crawford. You know, stylistically, maybe it's going to be a few more problems than Bud has experienced. But I mean, once that bell rings, he just turns nasty. I mean, he is. You know, I, I try to call all boxers. You know, I call them boxers and athletes. But Bud is just a straight fighter. I mean, he gets in there and, you know, he just gets down. And I think Ndongo, from what he's seen in his past two fights, he knocked out Troy Nofsky. You know, we never really gave him a chance to get going. And Ricky Burns really never had a shot against uh, Ndongo. This is, you know, a type of level of skill that he's never seen before. I, I don't think he's going to be used to it. Uh, I'm going to go bold here and say that Bud breaks him down, snatches his heart, and takes him late, takes him about the 10th round. Wow. Wow, Jake. We must have uh, compared notes before we got on the line today because that's my same round, too. I don't think this is going to end early. I think it's going to be a beautiful display of boxing, and it's going to go for a lot of rounds, but it's not going to make it to the very end. I, too, predict but to win by stoppage, 10th round stoppage. I think we're just going to see some beautiful things. I'm I'm going to even go a little bit bold don't jump in my mentions. I'm going to even say that Ndongo might even land a little flash knockdown early in the fight Ooh. just to kind okay. of uh, test the waters. I don't think it's going to be anything that's really going to hurt Crawford, but just because of the stylistic difference and the fact that Ndongo is probably going to be pretty hefty come fight night, mm-hmm. and I think it's just going to make Bud angry and aggressive, and he's going to pick him apart and make mincemeat out of him. He's going to tenderize him like he's ready for the barbecue. So I, too, will <laughs> predict Crawford by 10th round uh, technical knockout, but I think that Ndongo okay. is going to do something or land a little flash knockdown or something to make the fight interesting in the early rounds. 
just to kind of test right, the well, waters, that, but it's, it's not going to end well. I was going to say, if that happens, we're going to have to give you an extra, like a half a point for that. Yes, yes. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we took, I need to catch back up. Well, we both need to catch back up after taking our well, brother yeah, out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, no, I, I'm so glad. I, I'm solidly, I got last place locked up right now. <laughs> All right. Well, Jake Donovan, I appreciate you for stopping in. I hope we held the fort down while RB is oh, yeah. uh, getting a little R&R. Why don't you tell the folks again where they can find you? Because clearly they're not paying attention because I don't see you retweeted enough in my timeline. So let them know again where they can find you and your Twitter handle. Okay. Uh, you can just find me on Twitter at, at Jake in the Box, and I'm going to leave it at that, and I'll talk to you offline. <laughs> All right. Take care, Jakey, and have a great day. All right. All right. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and I'm going to finish up the last of our In Case You Missed the Topics, the weekend fight schedule, and we are out of here. It's a night of boxing royalty you won't want to miss. This is James Smith from In This Corner TV. The Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame will be holding its fifth annual induction ceremony on August the 12th in the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas. Many of the legends of the sport, past and present, will be on hand for this charity event, and you will want to be right there with them. For more information about this amazing event, please go to nvbhof.com. Tickets are on sale now. For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com, providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today, the only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. And congratulations to all that were inducted. The Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame event took place this past Saturday in Las Vegas. Shout out to friend of the Morning Punches show, Christina Poncher and Al Bernstein for doing a great job hosting the event. Congratulations to Sean Porter and Layla McCarter, named as Fighters of the Year. While I was just uh, searching, I see a story here from August 10th. 2017, and I'm going to have to look a little bit into it. It's been published by the EUR web, and it says that Mike Tyson is suing the Boxing Hall of Fame over Iron Mike merchandise. I'm going to have to look into this a little bit more, but it says Mike Tyson is suing the Boxing Hall of Fame, claiming it's ripping off his image and Iron Mike nickname to hawk t-shirts, energy drinks, and other products. According to the suit filed in federal court on Tuesday, the Boxing Hall of Fame in Nevada has violated Mr. Tyson's right of publicity and right to use and exploit the Mike Tyson and Iron Mike trademarks by using and exploiting Mr. Tyson's name, likeness, and marks on apparel and other items it may offer for sale, according to the wrap. So I'm going to look into that. That's my first of hearing of this story. Uh, if it's got some teeth, you'll see a write-up for me on Black Sports Online and don't make Iron Mike mad. So why don't I go ahead and run through the last of our In Case You Missed the Topics, the weekend fight schedule, and then we will be out of here. Uh, lastly, and in case you missed the topics, new top-ranked signee uh, Brian Jennings will face Daniel Martz on the Crawford versus Ndongo undercard, as I mentioned during Jake's take. Uh, according to Lance Pugmire, this was a big story that was floating around last year regarding the tickets that may or may not have been sold for the upcoming Mayweather versus McGregor fight. I know that it was a topic of discussion 
during Floyd's Media Day this past Thursday in Las Vegas on the uh, tickets that may or may not be selling for the fight. According to Lance Pugmire, 3,000 tickets are still available for Mayweather-McGregor. Mayweather is said to have been instrumental in the pricing of the tickets and ignoring recommendations from ticket brokers, and now it looks like people may see a discount in pricing as the fight approaches. We'll have more information on that next week as we see if there's been an uptick since that story has been made available. So we'll touch upon that again next week and in case you missed the topics. Also, pretty funny stuff. Sullivan Barrera, main event signee, is picking up the trolling torch and has taken to trolling Adonis Stevenson on Twitter. The funniest one that I saw recently, he posted a picture of Stevenson in a convertible. Well, it was Stevenson's head on a chicken's body. So shout out to Sullivan Barrera for keeping up the trolling because anybody not trolling Adonis Stevenson is sleeping at the wheel. Also, and in case you missed it news, Mickey Bay has been injured. So his fight against Anthony Peterson is now off. So that is it for in case you missed it news. I'm going to go ahead and run through the weekend fight schedule. As we mentioned during Jake's take on Tuesday on delay, that'll be on 7 a.m. Eastern standard time tomorrow or you can watch it on tape delay on BN Sports on the 19th. Shisuke Yamanaka will take on Luis Neri for Yamanaka's WBC Bantamweight title. On Friday, Golden Boy on ESPN, Alberto Machado will take on Carlos Morales, and Emmanuel Rivera will take on Nathaniel Searson. So you can catch that Friday on ESPN, courtesy of the good folks at Golden Boy. And on Saturday... The big action happening in Lincoln, Nebraska, WBO and WBC champion Terrence Crawford will take on IBF and WBA champion Julius Undongo for all the belts, and that will be on ESPN. In the co-main event, Alexander Vosdick versus Craig Baker. Also on the car, Shakur Stevenson versus David Paz, Mike Alvarado versus Sidney DeSiquiera. Bryant Jennings will take on Daniel Mars. Dylan White will take on Malcolm Tan. Nicholas Walters will take on Arturo Santos. And Mike, yes, indeed, Reed will take on Rob Franco. So that is a stacked card that will be taking place in Lincoln, Nebraska. Make sure you're following RB, Raging Babe. She will be in Lincoln for all the fight action, and she'll probably have some good behind-the-scenes stuff to share with us. So make sure you are following us. I want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in today. I hope I did the show a little justice without our girl RB, but we're always going to hold it down for you here at the Morning Punch and Show. Thank you again to Jake Donovan for today's installment of Jake's Take. Thank you to our sponsors, Nationwide Auto Warranties, Foralma.com, and Boxing Insider. Congratulations to the Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame for a successful event this weekend. Make sure that you visit RagingBay.com. Make sure you visit Bad Culture TV. And catch us every Monday from 8 to 9. It's the Morning Punch and Show. Thank you for making us a part of your day. And it is a wrap. <laughs>